Hi, I'm Sam Garland. I'm an actor in Brooklyn, New York, and I believe that everyone on this planet is deeply creative. And not only that, I believe that engaging with our creativity is what connects us to our humanity and to our divinity. Whether it's starting a business, homeschooling your kids, cooking, painting, dancing, writing, acting, knitting, gardening, we are all called to express ourselves in myriad, incredibly unique ways. These are our gifts to the world. And yet, and yet, most every artist suffers terribly from self-doubt, from fear of public humiliation, from being too hard on themselves. That's certainly been my journey. I've done a lot of work on why my brain attacks when I'm being creative and how I can let this thing that I'm called to do out into the world. I'm still figuring it out, and I invite you to join me. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I read this review, I think several weeks ago, about this book called Girlhood, written by Melissa Phoebos. And it really struck a chord with me. Um, And it really struck a chord in terms of resonating or encapsulating sort of what I had been wrestling with myself when I (laughs) very cheekily named this podcast. Um, And what she writes about is the transition from kind of childhood to girlhood. And I'll say right off the bat, this is a really gendered thing. I identify as female. I've never identified as male. So if you do identify as male and this somehow resonates with you in a different way or in a similar way, I'd be super curious to hear um, from you about that experience. Um, But I'm really going to speak about the female experience, which Melissa wrote about that I thought really put her finger on something that I've known about and wrestling with and that we'll circle back to this podcast idea because I think especially as actors, it becomes a complicated thing. It's why I think about it a lot. Um, But essentially what she was saying was there's innocence in childhood. There's imagination and play and you feel like your body is your own if you're lucky and you feel like you can live in the world um, kind of with freedom. And there's this a thing that happens to women, unfortunately, um, when they hit puberty or maybe even younger, where we become very aware of men and men's gaze and men's expectations of us and our bodies. And the way that she phrases it in the book, um, which P.S. I have not read the book. I read the review about the book. I really like to read about things. I don't know if that's great or terrible, but that's what I do. Um, it was a New Yorker profile. And the way that she labels it is she talks about going from subject to object. And I thought that was so genius. And and it really resonated because, again, I've called this podcast Be Your Own Damn Muse, because one of the things I struggle with so much as an actor is it's art, but it's also your body, your face is also your art, your product, the thing that you're selling. And so there's this incredible awareness of how you're perceived and of course, this like awareness of your sexualization or sexuality and how that is perceived because we just have such a capitalist culture that really uses sexuality to sell everything. So you have to kind of, I don't know, know how to use that. And I, and I get in my head about that and I'm like, oh, I'm a bad feminist if I want to look pretty. You know, I'm a bad, I, I really struggle, right, with these um, 
ideas of sort of um, using your body to be a product, to be a thing, using your your face, your image, your prettiness, your whatever it is, you know, uh, to, to be a thing that someone can then manipulate or use for the thing that they are creating. And as an actor, you can feel so much like you don't have power. Um, it's gotten much, much better, but for a long time, in fact, a lot of the stories that have been coming out lately is actresses speaking out years later about really horrendous, um, uh, really horrendous, uh, what's the word, uh, things happening on set, like the atmosphere on set and, and really bad, uh, harassment happening from the showrunner, from the director, from people in charge. And there was no resource. There was no one to go to, to say anything about it there. You know, it's acting is, is it has a union, but it's not always well enforced. If you're shooting somewhere in a small town far away from the centers of power, like LA or New York, um, maybe someone isn't on set visiting regularly to check in, you know, and, and people are like gig players. They're, they're there for that season or that episode. They don't have a lot of power unless you're an A-list star and then you can command attention and power and you can shape kind of the set and figure out who the directors are and who the showrunner is going to be. But oftentimes, especially when they're coming up, you don't have power. And so it can be hard to say no. It can be hard to negotiate. It can be hard to push back on something that's being asked of you. And, and I think about this even like with auditioning and with, you know, my own desire to to surrender to something and fill the role and be the thing that somebody is looking for. And then my also sense of like, what is the story that I have to say and, and who do I want to be in this story? And what is my point of view in this? And it gets really complicated when you add the sexualization of women and the kind of commodifying of that sexualization, right? Like there is sexuality, which I think is incredibly beautiful and important. Everyone has a different experience of it and it's incredibly unique to everybody. And then there's the way in which we sort of use that to, for clickbait and to call attention and to sell cars and to sell beer and to sell shampoo, like everything is so sexualized. So it no longer is like a unique personal thing. And this is what I think Melissa Phoebos was talking about in her book, Girlhood, that you go from a point, from, from your own point of view, from your own enchantment at your own brain, your own imagination, your own limitless possibility to having this incredible attention on yourself and this idea of objectification, of becoming an object, I have another teacher who talks about how when we talk about boys, we say, you did that thing well. And we talk to girls and we say, you look so pretty, right? So even in how we raise children, and again, this may have changed, but how we've been raising children is that we tend to focus on men, on boys, and teaching them that their effort, their, their mobility, their agency is impressive and worthy. And we teach girls that their prettiness and their, um, their, oh, there's a word I'm looking for when you're, their accommodatingness, uh, whatever that adjective is, is what is valuable in them, right? Their, their ability to get along, their ability to be kind, their ability, you know, we praise boys rambunctiousness and we praise girls for being, um, for being submissive to some degree. And so this objectification, right, whereas boys are raised with a sense of being able to take up space, being able to run and jump and make a mess. And like, that's what boys energy is. Girls sort of shrink into themselves more and more as they get older because they're taught, they're, they're praised for different things. And, and so this idea of how do you maintain point of view, creativity. And again, I think, you know, 
actor is a different thing. Like when I think about pouring your point of view onto a canvas as a painter or pouring your point of view into a novel, there's a, a nice level of remove where then you can step back and you can put that into the world and be really proud of it and know that it's deeply yours. And yet when people look at it, they're not seeing you and your physical body, right? So there's this incredible mindfuck that needs to be sort of navigated when as an actor you're putting a performance out there and maybe you're wearing something sexy or maybe you're not and you're either going to get comments about how too sexy you are or you're going to get comments about how not sexy enough you are because whatever the internet's gonna (laughs) have an opinion that's not supportive um but either way it still is a conflation with your own body and your own actual lived experience as a human being and so and, and we're asked to use our bodies in service of the story. And I think that's so important. And I think one of the best challenges and why I love acting so much, I like thinking about how an actor moves, how an actor walks, where they hold their weight, you know, how our, our bodies, are, um, our, our postures, our gates are an accumulation of our thoughts about ourselves, of our history, of our experiences in life, right? There's all of this stuff that we're telling about who we are in the world and how we relate to people that's in our bodies. I find it utterly fascinating. But again, it's different, I think, being a male and getting to play with all of that in the body and being a female who is either judged on, are you hot or not? And it sounds super binary and it sounds super simple, but I'll tell you, I walk down the street and I, I, this is such a female experience. Like you, I, I, oh my God, I was walking, I was walking home from a long walk. This was like a couple of years ago and I was deep in thought thinking about something I love thinking about stuff and like solving things in my brain when I walk. And I just sort of like figured something out. And this guy jumped in front of me and told me I should smile more. And I looked at him and I was like, I I was having an incredibly deep experience with myself in my own brains, thinking like solving things that were important to me. And somehow I am like, what the fuck is, does it matter to you? And how... Like, I didn't even know what to say, but like, could you imagine doing that to a man? Could you imagine asking a man to smile more? Like, sort of what, um, what gall it is, right, to think that someone else's appearance in the world somehow is of business, is, um, matters to you and as a consequence to you and you get to dictate how someone is a complete stranger walks around in the world. That's insane to me, but it happens. It, I think happens less, but it happened a lot. It has happened a lot, certainly enough for me to be very aware of, um, when I'm, when I'm feeling nice in a pretty dress, I'm, I'm very aware of like, how is that perceived? Is it too sexy? Are, are, are men looking in a way that feels predatory? Do I have to look out for like, there's just, you know, and, and the weird thing is you could be wearing the baggiest of clothes and you can still get looked at and leered at and hooted at and all kinds of things. But, but just this, like, you know, even our streets aren't places where you can walk and just be in your own head and be this subject of your own experience. There was a point at which girls are very much expected to be aware of men, to be aware of men's needs, to be aware of men's desires, to find ways to navigate. And people navigate this very differently. Um, some people are really great. I have a friend who I love dearly, who's such a charmer and is so good at redirecting that attention in a very loving way. And I'm always amazed by her because my reaction is like, why? I get really flustered and really frustrated and really and then I'm like no I just want to be grungy I just want to like hide because I don't know what to do with that attention and that energy and so again we all have different levels of skill set with it um but it's definitely something that I think about in terms of what is it to have a really safe space to have 
ideas and thoughts that aren't just filtered through this sexualization of how will it land for men? How will it matter? Um, is it hot or not? Um, there's this old adage, uh, I don't know if it's an adage. I don't know if that's the right word, but certainly a, a legend of kind of Hollywood of not that long ago that, you know, women would go into audition for leading roles and the executives, when the woman left, would say, I wouldn't fuck her. Let's not hire her. Like that was the thing. This one man, white man, probably, who had a lot of power and who got to cast the entire project, the entire film based on whether he wanted to have sex with a woman. Never mind that like, you know, that's the thing is you think about casts for shows and the men get to be, there's, there's a much more range. A part of it too is there's usually more characters. So there's seven characters of men on a TV show and a couple of them get to be really overweight and frumpy and old and look haggard. And a couple maybe look really young and hot. And then some look maybe, you know, dad hot or whatever. Like you, you get to have different and one's really dorky. And with women, it's like even the dorky ones have to look like they could turn into something really hot, you know? Um, and, and again, this is getting so much better with the rise of women uh, as showrunners, with the rise of women um, executives at studios and networks um, and the pushback from, from fans and from, from one of the ways social media really does work well is to push back and demand better representation. But certainly when I was coming up and the things I got stuck with me is this idea of I either fulfill a man's fantasy and then I get the role or I don't. And, and then I get the mind fuck of like, well, part of me really wants to fulfill this man who I don't know just so I can get the role because I love acting so much. And part of me is like, that is so deeply fucked up. I'd rather never do this. And I don't really have an answer to that. It's something I'm trying to figure out. It's probably one of the reasons I started writing my own stuff, making my own stuff and hope to keep doing that. Um, but yeah, it just... It's, it's the, I guess it's the thing that gets encapsulated in this idea of this podcast and being your own muse. Like, what is it to both want to create something that also belongs to a collective? You know, film and TV is incredibly collaborative and theater. You're part of a larger whole, not just the actors and the cast, but also the crew and the director and the production. Like, it's, it's a lot of voices, which is what makes it so amazing to be a part of. It's a lot of, um, you know, talent coming together for one vision and figuring it out. Even if you don't agree, that can be really exciting to have different points of view and different ideas and bring all of your things together. Um, and that's such a joy. And, and so part of it too, is looking for, for other productions that are doing the kind of work that you want to do and be able to join those. Um, but, but one of my, one of my, um, tensions that I have in myself as an artist, in myself as an actor. And it's interesting that I think about those differently. I think about art, not in, in this, the way that I struggle with my body and like, do I need to lose more weight is always a thought, you know, um, am I young enough? There's this idea too, of like women who are 35 years old are like too old to be actors and your career's over <laughs> like insane amount of stuff that really floats around that, that we get taught, uh, when we're young and in the industry. And, and so it's really hard to trust yourself and what you have to say in the world when you're also being hit with all of this, patriarchy, misogyny, bullshit, you know, that's very tied to capitalism. And so how do you then succeed and make money as an artist when you're also battling these ideas and also really want to be true to humanity of, of, of female humanity, right? And like, you're not always going to be hot. I mean, even if you're gorgeous, you're not always going to be hot because that's just not being human. Um, 
So I, I'm here with the question and the not a whole lot of answers except trying to find a place to um, reach out to people who are doing the kind of work that really excites me, that are allowing for women to be a broader spectrum of who they are, um, and and I guess trusting myself more also to take care of myself on sets that are not safe places. Um, but these are... These are hard things to overcome when you grow up, you know, you get trained for that. Like our, our bodies are incredibly smart and they learned early how to stay safe and how to be um, palatable to the world and how to belong. Belonging is one of our deepest desires. And it's not just like, oh, I want to belong. It's actually our brain interprets that as life or death. So if we feel like we don't belong and we're exiled, so we think that we're going to die. Scientists think that has to do with like caveman days where if you didn't belong to the tribe, you would die. And so we're wired to not belonging feels like death. So it's not just like, oh, it'd be nice if that person loved me. It's like, oh my God, I think I will die if I don't belong. So it's really hard to undo that programming when it has allowed you to belong, to know how to smile and nod when someone jumps in front of you and asks you to smile when they have no business doing so. It's it's not like I'm thinking consciously how to answer that. I'm, I'm just going into like fight or flight brain, you know, and, and dealing with that. So again, just, I guess I'm here kind of claiming that and noticing it and really grateful for writers like Melissa and others who are putting language around this experience of what it is to grow up and lose that sense of my wholeness, my body, my humanity is enough in whatever way it looks. It doesn't have to be sexy to that guy who is greenlighting that project. It doesn't have to be sexy to everybody. It can be my own, you know, I, I believe everyone is sexy in their own unique ways. And a lot of us don't need to show it. Um, and a lot of us can show it. Like there's no right or wrong, but certainly, it, you know, what is it to like really um, own where it is and not have to use it to then get a job or, or get a role? Um, and to really unhook ourselves from those expectations. Um, I'm just really grateful for being in the conversation and having awareness of what that growing up has done and that awareness of the industry as being predatory has done and where it lives in my brain so I can start to question it and maybe find better ways to go forward and to show up as the artist that I most want to be. With that, I will leave you, my friends. Have a wonderful week. Take care. Mm -hmm.